The following podcast contains spoilers for 1922 and Mr. Nobody. You have been warned. Everybody to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, alongside here with what is his name? Oh, you know it. It's Miguel Magusto. Oh yeah. How's it going, Glenn? It's going. It's going as good as it can yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. I got hopefully an answer. <laughs> Caleb Smith is the main character in which 2015 movie? Now I'm actually proud. This one's a little bit of a tough one. I don't even know who Caleb Smith is. Well, it's the character's name. Would My you like? Point. Would you like a multiple choice? Yeah, give it, give it, give it a multiple sure. choice. Uh, Inside Out, The Martian, Ex Machina, or The Revenant? Is it Ex Machina? It is. The two of them had Domino Gleason in it, so yeah, yeah. His uh, um, his name is Caleb Smith, I guess. Uh, is, I, there, I, is there multiple choice on the cards, or did you just throw yeah, them out there? multiple choice on okay. the card. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh. You know, that was a little more difficult than the past couple weeks, so that's good. <laughs> I'm just so, picturing uh, Oscar Isaac going, come on, Caleb. Come on, just Caleb. Just get the program, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, how you been? What uh, what you been up to? Uh, I, not much. Same as always. I haven't watched any movies, so I can't brag about my nine or so movies that I saw yeah. the week prior. My hand's a little bit more healed up, so I can do things now. Hmm. So that's good. So well, I, I saw yeah. uh, a few movies. I saw uh, first. I saw Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, <laughs> How'd that go? It's not as bad as people are saying, but it's not good either. I was gonna recommend that about four weeks ago. Um, I'm glad you didn't, just because yep. like it's not something I really have much to say about. It's just not. I, I wish it was. It didn't know which way it wanted to go. If it wanted to go psychological thriller or straight horror. Mm-hmm. Um. It was too much in the middle, and I wish it kind of, you know, picked a side. Because uh, what happened in it was paranormal, but then they were just like, I don't know. It didn't focus on it enough. It, it, it Yeah. Yeah, it, it just didn't choose. And uh, directed by Dan Gilroy, who did uh, Nightcrawler, also with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so I was a little disappointed as far as that goes. But I say, it's really hard, hard to uh, follow up with that movie in the yeah. first place, too. I mean, too. I, I have to see Nightcrawler again. I, I was in a... I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I don't remember being too impressed, but I was also really tired when I watched it. Yeah. So who knows? I um, loved it. <clears throat> a lot of people did, so that's but why. But then again, gonna... we're in the same boat currently with uh, what I picked this yeah. time. <laughs> and then we have uh, Gloria Bell, um, which was directed by Sebastian Lelio and starring Julianne Moore. Uh, it's an A twenty A twenty four movie. Um, you know, it's not bad. It's way better than. <laughs> spring breakers but but uh it's it's i i don't th- i am not the crowd that it's meant for you know yeah uh it's it's about a middle-aged woman trying to take back her life in a way that's not um, the crowd for you yes i mean it, it was decent i i acknowledge that i had good <laughs> acting and everything but i couldn't care about anything going on is it so <laughs> this is kind of boring but uh you know well made all that then I saw Hotel Mumbai, 
which is directed by Anthony Maris, starring Dev Patel, uh, Armandang Singh, uh, a bunch of other people who I can't pronounce, Army Hammer, who I can't pronounce, and others. Um, and it's about the true event in which terrorists took over the Taj Hotel in Mumbai and killed oh, yeah, a bunch of people. Right. Uh, I didn't know going into it that it was based on a true story, and mm-hmm. got really depressed when I found out it was based on a true story because it was kind of sad. Well, you played yourself. Yeah, I played myself. But uh, Dev Patel's fantastic, and it's probably one of his best performances. I was say, he usually is most of the time too. Yeah, yeah. When he was younger, he was kind of you know he was inconsistent, but he you know in the past five or six years he's been really consistent i don't want to use the word stepping it up exactly stepping it up but uh other than our two movies for this week that's all i saw Um, but yeah you and i discussed before we don't have much to say about these so these may be uh, this may be a shorter episode uh we're a bit delayed here in the week this may be an interesting one because we are conflicting about one of the movies we are conflicted why did i say about like that we are we are conflicting we are conflicting about the uh one of them. Um, and maybe even both of them. Who knows? We'll, we'll yeah. find out. Um, but yeah, this may be a short episode, but every time we say that, it seems to be a long episode, so we'll find out. But uh, let's get into it. Let's get into 1922. In 1922, a man's pride was a man's land. And so was his son. My wife, she wanted us to leave all this behind. We can move. The cities are for fools. We divorce. We both know that's what you want. Life is rarely fair, especially out here. And I believe that there's another man inside every man a conniving man I'm gonna sell you and my son are coming with me this is our house in 1922 I murdered my wife Directed by Zach Hilditch and written by Zach Hilditch, based on the novella by Stephen King, 1922 tells the story of a simple yet proud former farmer in the year 1922 <laughs> uh, who, conspires, farmer, who conspires to murder his wife for financial gain, convincing his teenage son to assist, but their actions have unintended consequences. Uh, it's starring Thomas Jane, Molly Parker, Dylan Schmid. Caitlin Bernard and Neil McDonough. Uh, usually we only do like four, but Neil McDonough's in there. I felt like he deserved yeah, it. Was, it was a weird surprise. Yeah, he's he's always been one of those good actors. He's a good character actor. You know, he never he never takes over a scene, but uh, he he when he steps in, you're like, oh, look at that. Yeah, he's it's he's Neil. very um, very good as like a, a side character. He doesn't mm-hmm. you know overshadow anyone. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie was a. Uh, it was a hard okay. <laughs> Seriously. I've never heard truer words in my life. Like it's it's really not bad, but there's no. nothing there that really amazes. There's there's sequences that I thought were really cool and I wish they explored more. Um but the overall story is, you know, it's it's kinda typical, you know, uh husband kills wife, wife kinda haunts mm-hmm. at least psychologically. You don't know if it's 
paranormal or just his guilt getting to him. Yeah, I feel like it's um, more of his guilt. Yeah. Uh, I, the one thing I thought was really interesting about it was the uh, the son's side story of when he uh, you know, he leaves with his girlfriend, his pregnant girlfriend, uh, because the guilt is like too much for him. And also he doesn't want to he doesn't want to leave his uh, his pregnant girlfriend's his, her, their, her parents are trying to threaten her to go to like a, you know, a nunnery to have the kid and he doesn't want to be without her. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of just run away and uh, become kind of a Bonnie and Clyde type situation. And that 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 part was really interesting because I thought they yeah. were setting up for like an actual Bonnie and Clyde. I'm like, oh, OK, a little twist. I like that. OK. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you know, some things happen where they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> yeah just yeah, like wow I, but okay. it honestly it, uh, that was probably my favorite part of the entire movie again not that the movie's bad but that that part really grabbed my attention it was it was something that i wasn't expecting uh i i really think that both uh dylan schmidt and caitlin bernard who played uh hannon and Chan- Han- hannon <laughs> hannon that's their relationship name henry hannon. henry and shannon respectively um they they did a really good job, especially you know when they're when they're kind of in over their heads and and running away from people who are trying to kill them essentially, mm-hmm. and just trying to seek shelter in the middle of winter. I thought that was a really compelling scene. Um, and the best part is it's only like it's only like a five minute scene too. If yeah, that. yeah. I it, you know I don't know if it would have been good if they stretched it out. Yeah. But as that five minute sequence, it was really really cool. Especially I th- I did like how it was kind of the haunting of Thomas Jane's wife played by Molly Parker. Like she was telling him that it happened before he could possibly know that it happened. Have even known about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that whole thing was kind of cool, you know, being haunted by his wife with the truth of where his son is at because of the mistakes that they made and everything. Mm -hmm. So again, there's a lot of little, uh, interesting parts to this film but i feel as a whole it kind of falls flat yeah this is it's this just is more or less just feels like a movie you just put on for the sake of putting on yeah um because personally i i wouldn't have just put this on um to actually watch it in fact i literally haven't uh this whole time it's been up on netflix (laughs) i've seen it a lot i'm like oh i like thomas jane but the poster for it is real goddamn boring yeah i I would say it's more interesting than the poster lets on Mm -hmm. Um, because the poster's just him in a cornfield with a bloody hand yeah and 1922 i I feel like they could have done better for the the poster it kind of felt like a uh an afterthought the and i think i think even my cousin saw it and was like ah man it's 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 pretty okay i'm like all right so (laughs) not gonna watch it it's a hard okay uh, I and do. I, th- I really like Thomas Jane too, like yeah. more than the usual person. Yeah, I mean, he's and in I the mist, he was great. right? Yeah, he's in the mist. Yeah, he's fantastic uh, in the mist. See, the problem um, with that is also I've his first film I've ever seen him in was The Punisher, so I can never just not see him as The Punisher. I, w- I was lucky enough to not see that until much later on, but uh, so that's that's <clears> one of the first films that actually got me into like the Marvel thing. But mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the first one, right? Not the second. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first the first Punisher is actually a pretty decent movie. I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it, um, but you you know this is the most I've ever seen him, for lack of a better word, act. Yes, like he's got a pretty thick accent on, and he's, he doesn't change it at all. Throughout he doesn't the whole time. like it's it's very consistent. He's staying in character. There's essentially. that word again. 
Well, consistent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, he's he's uh, he's staying in character the whole time. He, there's no real slip ups, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just keep doing a great job of uh, having animals die in movies. Seriously, I, I feel like what are we on like a four or five week mm-hmm. run now where animals die in and movies? We're definitely not meaning to here, but yeah, uh, it makes me sad every time. Um, but yeah, t- Thomas Jane really impressed me with his performance. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, and he really, as terrible as it sounds, when you have a movie like this, you need the main character. You need to you need to have the audience on the main character's side, no matter how terrible what he's about to do is. Yeah. And right or wrong in the argument, not in the murder. He was definitely wrong in the murder. Right or wrong in the argument with his wife, you really sided with him. Yeah, because um, it's pretty much kind of just very one-sided for her she's just like i want to go to the city and it's kind of just very abrupt and just happened instead of a lengthy time of talking about it or anything yeah, which she's I, like, I think i want to go i think that was a smart move on the director's point uh, part um to make it seem like she was selfish yeah um whereas you know thomas jane as little as it might be uh he he kind of he tries to work with her at first, and then, you know, kind of... He even goes, you know, try to sell me the land if you want, and then you guys can do your thing. She's just like, no. Yeah, exactly. And and it's a... Uh, it really kind of puts you on the bad guy's side, even though he's the protagonist, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think th- they also did a really good job at, uh, you know, symbolism and thematic elements, mm-hmm. like... With the first time he really sees his wife's corpse uh, after she's dumped in the well, you see the rat uh, coming out of her mouth. And then the rat is just a consistent, you know, kind of like the in the telltale heart. It's kind of like the heartbeat where, like, he keeps hearing rats. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really kind of brilliant in a, in a way. Um, I don't know if that's in the Stephen King's novella or if that's just part of the screenplay, but having the rats be... A constant and, and yeah, just like a consistent haunting for him. Yeah, and getting more and more intense as it goes on. You know, starting from like one rat, uh, you know, uh, harming his his cattle to being a swarm of rat trying to break out of the walls. It was just really interesting symbolism that uh, I, I really enjoyed and and thought it was a nice little touch. Um, the way this film is made really intrigues me but the story overall definitely could use some work yeah the worst part is that's all there really is yeah like that's how that's how hard of an okay it is like there's yeah, not too so much to talk about the hardest of okays is the hardest to talk about yeah um i mean i i tried to do what you've been doing lately i've been writing less notes but this time i, I didn't write any notes yeah uh that I, might I, be why i didn't I want to write to say, notes but, about mr nobody but i didn't even do that Mr. Nobody I kind of halfway through I kind of wished I had been writing notes just because there's so much going on but yeah 1922 again don't have too much to say this is going to be a real short episode more likely Um, but you know this is going to happen from time to time we're going to have there's going to be movies so you know how I I just said that I can't see Thomas Jane as anything else really other than like the Punisher Mm -hmm. All right, you know the Ernest movies (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
that's all I could picture the whole time for Thomas Jane's character was just those, it's the that, hair. that Ernest character. It's the hair. Well, it's also <laughs> he talked with his teeth at some points too, and I was oh, like, yeah. ooh, yeah. So like, I just looked up a picture of his. <laughs> That's yeah. That's all I could picture throughout the whole movie. Punisher and Ernest combined. Let that sit in your head. Thank you, Thomas Jane, for yeah. giving me that little imagery. I love it. Come on, Blaze, lemonade, Sheriff. Can I look in the house? She only took the one suitcase. Woman have to be crazy to leave a nice house like this one. to Mr. Nobody. Can you tell me how old you are? Oh, I'm 34. I was born on February 9th, 1975. Who are you? I'm Mr. Nobody, a man who doesn't exist. We don't know who Mr. Nobody is. Neither does he. Our patient's memories are confused. So, Nemo, have you made up your mind? Do you want to come with me or do you want to stay with your father? We cannot go back. That's why it's hard to choose. Nemo! You have to make the right choice. As long as you don't choose, everything remains possible. Mr. Nobody. Directed by Jacques-Van Dormeil, I, I would assume that's how you pronounce it, written by Jacques-Van Dormeil, stars Jared Leto, Sarah Pauly, and uh, Diane Kruger, and there's a, there's a couple other people in there, but let's just get into the synopsis, shall we? A boy stands on a, tr- uh, uh, Jesus Christ, a boy stands on a station platform as a train is about to leave. Should he go with his mother or stay with his father? Infinite possibilities arise from this decision. As long as he doesn't choose, anything is possible. Full disclosure, we both watched, or at least I'm fairly certain that you watched uh, the theatrical version. Uh, fun fact, we told you all, whoever is listening, that this was on Netflix. By the time I tried to watch it on Saturday, it was no longer on Netflix. Yeah, when um, I, when, I, when we were doing last week's podcast, it definitely said it was on, or at least I thought it said it was on the poster. The poster's still on there if you look in the right category. Um, yeah. And it, it, but if you p- click on it, it doesn't play. Uh, so anyone that had to go to Amazon or iTunes, which I'm sure is not many people, if any at all, and uh, rent it, uh, we apologize. That's uh, yeah. RBD. But, but also, um, I did, since you, I believed you watched the director's cut, I also no, I watched, watched the, the director's cut. We watched the theatrical version. The okay. director's cut is a little longer. 
And the one that was on Netflix is two hours, 19 minutes. And... Uh, yeah, well, I watched uh, the director's cut just because I had already oh, seen you? the theatrical version. Okay. Um, so there was some stuff in there that I didn't need to be in there. So I, I'm glad you watched the theatrical version. Yeah, the honest. director's cut is uh, like 20 minutes longer about it looks like. Yeah, it was not um, really nothing that like helped the story at all. Yeah. At least in my opinion. So kudos to you for picking the right one. Uh, yeah, I... I, I uh, Really, the main reason I've been holding off watching this movie is the length. Just because it didn't seem interesting enough to warrant that kind of length. And, and boy, I, to was be honest, I, I right. Forgot. <laughs> boy, to be honest, I forgot it was that long, too. For me, I was right. I mean, I know you enjoyed this movie. Um, that That's kind of why you uh, recommended it. But tell me what you like about it. I'm, I'm curious to know. I'm actually curious what you don't like about it first. And then I'll go into my spiel about it. I um, for like I'll 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 say my spiel about the length. I feel like you are right in the sense that it wasn't interesting enough for the length of time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it was more the way they edited it. Absolutely. And they could have they could have changed a little bit of the story in order for yeah. Because I think it could have been a, a good three hour movie. Mm-hmm. If it was done a little bit better, in a sense, yeah. So, um, so, so, um, as you know, and you know, a few of our listeners may know just because they know me personally. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> I make make films, nothing this long or of this high budget or anything. But uh, I also edit quite a lot, and. When you mentioned it could have been edited uh, better, that mm-hmm. is 100% the reason I did not like it. Yeah. I liked this story. I liked the idea. If there's one thing I can't forgive, it's bad editing mm-hmm. or incoherent editing. I'm not saying that the editing is bad, but it's definitely incoherent. Um, yeah. At least for the vast majority of the movie. Because uh, for... If if you you're not going in no, or not knowing what what you're seeing going in, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to take in, mm-hmm. especially the way it's edited. So yeah. I will I will give you credit for that. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and again, like I I I will not say that this is a bad movie. I am sure there's enough people out there that like this kind of thing. Just my personal preference as someone who writes and edits and all that, uh, it just. The number one thing for me, no matter how avant-garde, how experimental a film is, it needs to be coherent. And this is so incoherent. There is literally a part where one of the characters says, what is going on? You're contradicting yourself. This doesn't make any sense. And that is 100% correct. Like, there's... It was a kudos to them for having a very self-aware character in the movie. But I personally do not like when there is you hear you hear peanut? You hear peanut? (laughs) I personally don't like when a movie is incoherent. Yeah, that's really my biggest issue with it. I have I didn't really have a problem with any of the characters. Uh, I kinda wish they made his mom slightly more likable. I felt like it was very unforgiving yeah. to her. For they they really kind of 
not from the get go, but like half an hour into the movie, they really were like, well, she's a she's a cheating wife. Yeah, let's give uh, her no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And she's very mean to her kid, even though, yes, he is rebellious. Yeah, but, but my yeah. whole thing in in both realities, or was it when the, did the reality split when he was given that decision? I think that's the case. But regardless, yeah, it was none of it was actual reality. Yeah, uh, it was all. Theoreticals, yeah, and like all different paths that he could have taken in life. Um, and I probably would really enjoy that story if it seemed like that story. Yeah, at all because they they didn't really um, announce that until the very end. Yeah, that is absolute. That that's the kind of thing that needs to be stated at the beginning, like the because in a, in a way they kind of did. Um, I, I honestly I can't remember in the theatrical if they did, but there was a scene in the director's cut where there's angels like touching the the kid like the newborns' heads, uh, like giving them permission to go to their families, mm-hmm. and then Jared Leto's character wasn't touched, giving him the quote unquote power to see into the future. Mm-hmm. Was was that in the theatrical? It was. Okay, it was, so yeah. so they they kind of. They kind of say that, that he, like, that's kind of the plan this whole time, but they never mm-hmm. actually, because it's yeah, all and, just different, different and scenarios. That I got, but it didn't really, it wasn't clear enough, really, for that to be at the forefront of your mind the entire film. It yeah. seemed like kind of like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, going back to, like, if, if he knows that his mom this is grand this could just be me speaking personally if i knew my mom was cheating on my dad there is no universe where i would go with her yeah <laughs> like like if that kind of betrayal doesn't just go in in a marriage if you it, it's one thing to be told that but if you see it like his the the child him sees and there's no doubt in your mind that that happened mm-hmm. there is no world where me personally, at least, would go with her. And again, that's not very fair to the mother character. Again, there's no redeeming qualities for her. She's she's just there's nothing that would make anyone in their right mind stay with her when they have their father as an option. Yeah. Um, also, what kind of world is there a divorce where there isn't visiting rights between mother and father? Like even like once every yeah. few months or whatever. Uh, so I found that hard to believe. I don't come from a divorced family, but I feel like that's just a legal thing. I know. Um, a lot so, of people do. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah, so what, what I, I assume was, uh, for the going with the mother thing, they, I guess they were kind of going the route of he's just a kid, uh, just a nine-year-old kid. I mean, to to a point, like, you would still have, a, obviously, smart enough conscious decision to be like, well, my mother's shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't go with her, but I guess since they were doing the <clears throat> different path scenario uh, state mm-hmm. here, uh, so that's what they did. And and with um, um, and with the divorce thing, I feel like maybe they didn't really specify on it. I feel like they were just maybe avoiding court uh, at all, so they were kind of just like Nemo. Do you do you want to go with your father, or your mother? Um, so I mean, I could I could see that. I, yeah, there's, but there's, there's, there's some have no visitation that, rights at all. Well, they seems they, there there was visitation rights because he even 
states it in the one of the scenarios where he stays with his father um, because Nemo's father even says like why don't why don't you try to contact your mother he's like well she knows where I am she can come see me if she really wants to yeah um, so there, there Which, is that. like even in that world she's she's has yeah. no redeemable quality. She doesn't make any effort to go see him. So in both the world that he chooses to go with her and the world that he does not, there's no reason to like her. To and be fair, again, in the in the mother's uh, scenario, uh, you don't see the father at all either. But they don't that's bash true. her, or they that's don't bash true. him. They don't, don't bash know. him, and the, and then he's a much more likable person in his in his rea- reality. Yeah. Um, where so pretty much the father made him. one like real mistake in this every scenario real really before the divorce happened and that's really his only unredeemable quality and that's all they really what was the mistake on. again it's he uh didn't put the car in park so the car went down the road and hit a hit a mother and child or hit the mother that was walking a child. I don't remember that at all. Is that in the... That might I, not be in the theatrical I version. I could have sworn it was in the theatrical when I watched it on Netflix originally. Okay. Which, fun fact, I originally watched this when we were making The Mormons Are Coming. <laughs> like, it was that whole... Yeah. During that, that whole uh, process. That, that uh, hot-ass building. <laughs> that hot-ass <laughs> building. Uh I just, I just really don't like the editing. I would love if Topher Grace could get his hands on it and re-edit the whole thing. Um, <laughs> just not, not just not. I was really like, it's a very Grace, specific but. person. Well, he he he's been known to re-edit movies for his own viewing purposes. Oh, wow. um, I, I forget which one he's most famous for, but uh, yeah, he he's done it before, so it's just a little joke, but. Uh, yeah, it just, it does not, it does just, not hold up well it, because of the editing for you. Yeah. And, okay. and I, there's and enough there for me to maybe one day watch the director's cut to see if it's any better, but it's, to be honest with you, it's probably not. Okay. It's just because, um, because I, I like the idea of alternate realities, but it can be told in a coherent way. Yeah. Um, um so in, in my opinion, I am 100% on board with you there, but I feel like the story and the acting in most parts and everything like that, I feel like it redeems it enough for me. Yeah. Like, I, I to think where, an extent to where I understand 100% that you don't like it. Yeah. But for me, I really enjoyed the movie. I've under, I love the message that it was going for. I love that it made you think about everyday choices that you make and yeah. down the line, like, what what you should think about like if this one thing happens and stuff like that like the butterfly mm-hmm. effect and all that yeah I, I definitely I, I appreciate that aspect of it the acting was is good uh, I had a problem with young Nemo being British 30 uh, year old Nemo being I, American and then uh, old ass Nemo having a southern accent <laughs> my, for some reason my favorite part about you watching the movie the other day was you just sending me texts. I'm like, Mike, you got to stop. We got to save it for the podcast. <laughs> God damn it. And you were even like, is this revenge for spring breakers? I'm like, no, stop. Stop. <laughs> you got to stop. Yeah, this. It's not as bad as spring breakers, not but even it's close, just, but yeah. still like it, I understood. Just, like the editing made it feel so long that I would watch it. Swear that at least a half hour had gone by and it was only seven minutes. 
So it felt like it took like eight hours to watch this movie. Even yeah, though like it was we, only... we were hour and a half in, and it felt like two hours had passed. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just really, so I, I really wish like, it was edited differently. Yeah. Um, to explain my best, I think the British part of Nemo is that I think because when he went with his mother, I think he adopted like the New York accent. Um, oh, did for he his move to New York? Years. Yeah. So okay. when, so when uh, he went with his mother in those two scenarios, like there's two scenarios where he's talking like in a more American accent, because um, he's he's in America in New York. But didn't so, didn't um, Anna move to New York, and that's why they couldn't be together anymore? Yes. So they were both but in well, New York. No, but they they both. I think, oh shit, now I'm second-guessing myself. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that when he left with his mother, they went to New York, and then Anna had to move even somewhere else after that. Okay. Because even even in, like, the scenario, they're living in the city, so I would assume the city would be New York. Like I, when I he, mean, I thought it was London for the longest time until... Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very quick uh, it's a very quick scene like they, they have like a scene with a plane and then that's it yeah. and that's another thing you can't have quick scenes with giant things granted I was not I was not into this movie so I could see me just missing things just by checking out briefly you know yeah. being lost in my thoughts and I've I've seen this movie like three or four times so okay well, I'll um, trust you then looks <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even trusting you right now I already forget <laughs> um, but I believe in two of like two of the scenarios where he has a more American accent, he moved with his mother, so he adopted the, in the six years between the nine-year-old Nemo and the fifteen-year-old Nemo, he adopted that more American accent. If that's the case, then that makes sense. But it's still just um, frustrating. <laughs> um, the one I thing I, I, I will say, I, I found it really interesting that old Nemo was the last man to die. It was kind of like reverse Children of Men. Yeah, where the uh, the last man to have been born was uh, popular and famous, and and this um, the last man to die was famous, and that mm-hmm. I like that. I also like that they kept mentioning of old age, like yeah. death can still happen. It just doesn't happen because of old age. Yeah, because they in the movie they achieve quasi immortality because yeah. of stem cell research or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it had a lot to, to, you know, be interesting and bring me in and out of the movie. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of went on like a rambling old man, which I guess kind of fits the movie. Uh, yeah. Where you kind of, at least me personally, I checked out a lot. And then, you know, it felt like it was 30 minutes, but it was only seven minutes. And ugh, it's <laughs> I really just wish... It was edited differently, and that's not to a knock on the editor because uh, the director has a lot to say about the. It's, uh, I was going to say as well. it's more or less of probably a director's choice, especially yeah. since he wrote it too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I personally I love this movie. I 100 percent stand by you into where for a normal person or or yourself the editing will most likely scare you off. Yeah. Um. But I personally thought that the story and acting, uh definitely held it together for me it's why it's one of my honestly it's one of my favorite movies to be honest because I guess because it makes such a big impact Mm -hmm. especially on such a 
a huge decision for a child as a nine-year-old. Yeah, that, honestly, the fact that his parents made him choose is kind of fucked up. Like, I know you don't want to uh, go in court, but, like... Yeah. And it's definitely not a choice that a kid should ever have, but yeah. it's... And it, like, it makes you... Watching this movie, it makes you think, like, the... Every single choice that you make has an impact, and they mention that a lot. What, like, the butterfly effect. Like, a single yeah. snowflake could bend the bamboo's leaf or something like that. Yeah. Or, or like... Some man in Indonesia boiling an egg could mess up somebody's phone number that they just wrote and spill the ink everywhere. Um, so I, I really love the message. And then there's there's some of the scenarios that more or less piss me off, but I, I think as a whole, this movie it stands to be one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, there's enough there where I can definitely see why you like it. Um, and had I not gone in with such a technical mind, I might have enjoyed it more. But film school kind of ruined that for me. I can't watch any movie without yeah. analyzing it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like I said, yeah. I don't blame you. Straight yeah. up. <laughs> but uh, I've I always recommend this movie to. Well, the problem with this movie is that it's no longer on Netflix, which really pisses me off. Yeah. When anybody ever asked me to recommend a movie, this would be the first one that I'd go for, even though I know it's a lot for the regular person. And they'd usually always like it. Uh, obviously, this case, not as much. But, uh... <laughs> and Were you surprised that, we had that to I didn't like it? it? Uh, not surprised, but maybe surprised you didn't like it as hard as you did. I understood because of the editing, and, like, I knew that from the start that most likely you wouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... I was still going to love it regardless, and I hope yeah. I at least changed your mind at least to it a little bit. I, I, I um, think I, I definitely have a uh, softer opinion of it. Like, afterwards, I, it was like yeah. a real hard rating. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was real hard on it. But and, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not here to change your mind on it. Like, I mean, if you're not going to like a movie, you're not going to like a movie. That's, anyone that tries to change we, anyone's mind on a movie is kind of yeah, silly. We explain that every time we do these podcasts that we're not here to change your minds we're just giving our opinion and i hope that i at least made you a little bit soft a little, a little bit soft you big teddy bear um, oh, it was definitely ambitious i'll give it that yeah and then obviously i had just warned you to tell me uh the the soundtrack uh, i really did enjoy because uh i feel like it used mr sandman and really well in my, they they used it a lot, but I feel like they used it well. Mm -hmm. And they also used uh, Otis Redding's "For Your Precious Love" uh, every time, like he met one of the girls he was gonna fall in love and stuff like that. And man, after that movie, I have never been a bigger Otis Redding fan in my life. <laughs> and it it blew up tenfold. Me and Otis Redding are best buds now, even though rest in power. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, that really... <laughs> You're friends with this corpse. <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I've really got to say. Um, love the movie. Love you. <clears throat> what? I, I love you too. I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. Did you stay with your father or go with your mother? Remember. Hello, Nemo. I want you. I want you too. For as much as Anna and Nemo have consented together in holy wedlock, for as much as Elise and Nemo, Jean and Nemo... Have joined themselves to each other. Everything that you say is contradictory. Of all those lives, which one, which one is the right one? Nemo. Do you love me? I couldn't live without you. You're the 
do it for Mr. Nobody and 1922. We uh, have come to the judgment section of this podcast where we decide whether or not this deserves to go on the KFR shelf. Uh, Let's start with 1922. Uh, Like we said, it's a hard okay. Um, And for that, I don't think it deserves to go on the shelf. And it's a hard okay if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. Nobody, what's your judgment? Well, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I've, I've said that it's one of my favorite movies, but I think I already know where this is going, and it could be in a hard okay for staying with 1922, I guess. <laughs> so you want it on the shelf? I want it on the shelf, but I know you're most likely not going to put it on the I'm shelf. I'm going to do something unprecedented right now. Oh, yeah? Uh, I still don't like the movie. Yeah. However, I know how I would feel if you hated one of my favorite movies. And, you know, overall, this is a collaborative podcast. We, we like to mix oh, our wow. tastes together. Uh, I, f- I feel like, to justify it a little bit, I feel like this story and other things about the movie do justify yeah. it. The editing is the only thing that really ruined it. So... I'm going to say just for you, and I hope you reciprocate this at some point, especially for a movie that I put in high regards, (laughs) that I will say, yes, it will go on the shelf. Um, Wow. Big surprises here at KFR. Yeah. I was going to be a hard no, but, uh, you know, you talking about it so eloquently has uh, Mm. changed my mind. I still, not about the movie, just about how we should perceive the shelf. Yes. Um, Okay. Because while I know you wouldn't not put No Country for Old Men on the shelf. Yeah. If you ever hated that movie, I would hope that you would reciprocate the... the. Well, you know. Mike, I could see that you really like this movie, so you know what? No, I I'll, don't. That's what I just said. I don't I'll, like the movie. I'll, I'm doing I'll this for you, you later. Glenn. I'll give um, you a favor later. Don't worry. Wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, 1922 does not make it on the shelf. Mr. Nobody gets an honorable mention for the shelf. We'll call Look it that. that. It's an honorable mention. There we go. Uh, I'll put that in the notes on the shelf as well. That uh, that way people don't it'll think be, that I like it. It'll be when all of the other ones are shelf boys. All They're all Blu-rays. Mr. Nobody is just a regular DVD or regular VHS. Regular DVD. I, I will. That, that's a good way to put it. This is not there a Blu-ray. This is a regular DVD. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, one movie makes it onto the shelf this week. It's not a shelf, boy. It's an honorable mention DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we got two more movies for next week. My movie, available on Netflix, Netflix sponsor us, Please. Uh, is The Innocence, directed by Anne Fontaine. Got ourselves a female uh, filmmaker here, which is great. Uh, it has three writers. Hold on a second. It is... I don't even know how to read who wrote this. It says the scenario is is written by Sabrina B. Corinne and Alice Vial. Uh, the adaptation is by Anne Fontaine and Pascal Bonizer. And it is based on the original concept by Philippe Maynile. 
Uh, so I don't know what that means, but that's what's going on. <laughs> and it's uh, starring Lou Delag, Agata Buzek, Agata Kulezeka. It's always uh, an interesting time listening yeah. to you pronounce words I'm, and I'm names. Bad. If, if you give me time, I'll get them. Uh, I'm not good at cold reading them. And then Vincent McCongye. I will give you credit. French isn't the easiest one to try to yeah. pronounce either. Uh, and it tells a story. It just says, 1945. Matilda's a French Red Cross doctor working on a mission to help French survivors of the German camps. While she works in Poland, she is asked to help. She is asked for help by a nun in her convent. Several nuns got pregnant. Ooh. I honestly had no idea that this is what this was about. I just saw the poster said, that's an interesting poster. Uh, I I read a little bit. I read another synopsis where it might be uh, uh, forced pregnancy. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. I didn't mean to laugh at that part, but (laughs) yeah, no, I I was trying to avoid the R word. I was, uh, I was trying to, or I'm sitting here looking at the very, very vast difference of our movies. But, uh, (laughs) But okay. I honestly had no idea. All I saw was the poster. I was like, that looks interesting. Yeah, looks, That's literally all I did. So, uh, yeah. So, The Innocence is my movie for next week. Again, it's on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Glenn, what's your movie? So, I'm going to go an animated movie route. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, to an extent. Uh, it is it is a live action movie, and then it's just got some <clears throat> small soldiers. Oh. Yes! Directed by Joe Dante, written by Gavin Scott and Adam Rifkin. Stars Kirsten Dunst, Gregory Smith, David Cross. It's got Tommy Lee Jones in there. Oh my God. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, rest in power. Oh, I love Phil Hartman. Uh, That is. So I guess the the one (laughs) one similarity is, you know, just, you know, is the soldiers, right? There's soldiers in it. I, even though some are toys, <laughs> this might be what? What is going on? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this movie was huge for me in uh, my childhood. Oh, me too! I got uh, a flat a top lot. when I was a kid because of this movie. <laughs> this is a lot of people's uh, big movie. Yeah, uh, this is going to be on Hulu, um, and you do not have to rent it. So. Uh, it says it's on Prime Video now, too, but I don't think so. It's definitely I on Hulu. I hope I have to rent it. I hope I have to throw money at it. Not really, <laughs> but still. Uh, did you go over the synopsis? I can't remember. Uh, small soldiers, for those who don't know, when missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously. Ooh. Basically, it's Toy Story, except <laughs> for, you know, the toys don't dissipate back into toys yeah. when yeah. They're, they're seen. They don't give a fuck in this movie. <laughs> they don't. But uh, I'm excited. You're absolutely right. This is a very diverse episode coming up. <laughs> I don't. I'm a little embarrassed to even share about this. They're not going to match at all sitting yeah. sitting next to each other. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for this <laughs> week. Next week's movies are The Innocents and Small Soldiers. I can't say that with a straight face. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. Uh, Facebook, we're Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.